Hello and welcome to Geeks Camp, the home of RPG topics and general tomfoolery. I'm your host, Zach, joined as I'm always joined by my co-host, John Christian. Hello, everybody. And then I'm also joined by a special guest host, Marie from Blank Scenario. Hello. And then we've got a creator for you today, Marco. Uh, you probably recall Marco if you were watching the show last uh, Sunday, but he's back with another project. Hello. All right. So, Marco, uh, before we get into you, I want to go ahead. This is the first time that Marie has been on the Geeks Can't podcast or the Bite Size Gaming podcast or whatever it is. Uh, we thought it'd be cool. She has a cool podcast that she does with her crew. Um we thought it would be cool if we got her on to do a little guest slot. And uh, Marie, tell us tell us a little bit about Blank Scenario. Yeah, so like I said, I'm Marie. I am the host and producer, co-producer, whatever fancy term I can put to it for Blank Scenario. Uh, me and my friends basically sit down. Someone brings inspiration, a meme, a tweet, a photo that we saw on Facebook, and we use it to create a scenario by the end of it. Typically, we end up with four different tangents that we didn't expect. <laughs> it's always interesting who comes up with what. But, yeah, we just create D&D scenarios. That seems very on brand. Uh, going off tangent is very on brand for this podcast. So. Where we're going, we don't need rails. <laughs> now, John, I will ask you to make sure you're muted on Discord because I think you're echoing a bit. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. All right. With that, thank you so much, Marie. Uh, we'll get you involved in this conversation as we move along. But Marco, we're here to talk about your, is is it fair to say your, no project is ever truly solo, but your solo project today? Uh, it, it's kind of close. So there's a little bit of history, I guess. So my brother and I have been uh, in business together for almost a decade. Okay. And, uh, Throughout that time, our main project was a lounge in Omaha, Nebraska, and we both just moved from there. Mm -hmm. So we did a little handover um, to a customer. Uh, and since then, we, we are kind of like split in responsibilities, but uh, Spicy Tuna is like one of the things that <laughs> we would love to do. I've always um, created, I went to school for studio art, not that I'm good at it, because I took eight years <laughs> off after that. Uh, and so... I do most of the writing and like layout for the project. And then we have two artists that did all the art mm -hmm. and then uh, seven's like the editor. So I can never really say it's a solo project, <laughs> yeah. but it is like spicy tuna's uh, second project. The first one was really crazy, happened really quickly. And then this one's the first time that we've actually been at it for like six months before doing a Kickstarter. So nice. Now, uh, Help me, uh, let, let's do this as we start off here. You said a lot of things there that are interesting. Spicy Tuna uh, RPG is, sounds cool. Uh, you said you've done another project before, which I'm always interested in seeing like what, what your first project was. Um, and then you said you, you're both an artist and a creator on that. So, geez, I don't know where to start. Um, let's see. Let's, let's just start with, uh, let's start with what was that project that you did before Knights of Lazarus? that and tell me a little bit about what what people might have expected from that yeah for sure so our first project was called constant downpour 
it's based on a short story by Ray Bradbury called The Long Rain, which mm. uh, features these military members that were sent to Venus. Um, they are constantly being pounded with rain, and they go one by one insane throughout the whole process, not knowing why they're actually sent uh, to Venus, and uh, their whole goal is to find like a sun dome, mm-hmm. which is to protect them from everything, but... For some reason, a lot of ships who end up there crash mm. or don't end up where they're supposed to. So, you know, there's this whole mystery behind that. So it was this giant, like, psychological thriller. Uh, I mean, it was a 48-page um, system-neutral book that we created. Um, but that is what the process was. And so that would, I actually discovered Mothership during that process. Um, so our next project will be a remastered version statted for Mothership. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, we did that last, well, last scene quest. So, right on, right on, awesome. Uh, so let's get into Knights of Lazarus. So you just talked about a sci-fi project. This looks like a that that unhealthy blend of sci-fi and fantasy <laughs> is what I'm seeing. Uh, what's the elevator pitch for Knights of Lazarus then? That's a good question. I meant to come up with one. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> what I always call it is it's a dangerous dungeon. So uh, the ship Canterbury is this floating space station um, that houses all of these Xenotech artifacts. And so players will discover that that is a thing and an opportunity to steal uh, these artifacts uh, that have these like really uh, they're the kind of pros and cons um, that they relieve stress, which is, if you're familiar with Mothership, extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. But then they have, uh, you know, negative effects that can happen to you if you use it too often. Um, and so, but yeah, I mean, I guess the elevator pitches this. It's a dangerous dungeon <laughs> for Mothership. It uh, infuses a few classic fantasy tropes into our beloved sci-fi horror. Interesting. Now... I- I always find it fascinating <laughs> seeing how people will bridge the gap between the like fantasy elements and sci-fi elements. Mm-hmm. You, know, you saw Lucas do it with lightsabers and like this very um, Akira Kurosawa Seven Samurai <laughs> with the with the Jedi and stuff like that. So let me let me ask you this before Zach moves on: What sure. is how does that hybrid form in uh, in this? Like, what would you say is the uh, the symbiosis between the sci-fi elements and how you were able to justify almost like the whimsy of the fantasy elements sometimes, right? It's like, it, you yeah. know, it's not necessarily that it's going to be, it's not, it doesn't have to make sense, right? It looks cool. Sometimes <laughs> maybe that's it, but you, you tell me what, where does that bridge uh, happen? So I'll, I'll start by saying I try to be very subtle with it because the last thing I want, well, there's a reason why people play mothership instead of, you know, nave or, you know, old school essentials. Um, you know, if you want your fantasy experience, you go get your fantasy experience. So I try to be very subtle with it. Uh, the few that I would say, so um, I, there's an automated enemy. Um, knight effigies, if anybody's familiar, is basically a knight statue on a tomb. Uh, and so what I did, I turned that into what would be called autonoma in old school games. Um, I was really inspired by, oh, I don't know the title, but I think Rat King Productions has um, a bastion. This is small six-page dungeon with like really deadly war autonomy so they're pretty mm-hmm. similar except for they're very slow you know um the other part is a dungeon obviously we had gradient descent from uh the tkg crew but 
you know, there's not a lot of dungeons in there. Um, and I thought it would be really interesting to kind of put most of the adventure within, you know, 50-room dungeon, this kind of larger dungeon. And then, like, the classic dungeon rules with encounter tables, uh, reaction tables, uh, etc. And so um, I would say those are kind of the main elements. And then, obviously, it's a medieval theme. So we have knights and, you know, classic kind of fantasy-like style cathedral and things like that are infused with... Um, medieval themes so it's not a huge hybrid per se it's just here's a little nod to it and here's a little mm. nod and um and yeah let's just like sci-fi it up you know just all across the board you can see it in the aesthetic that you chose right in the in the artwork that you you uh put in the preview for it you've got a lot of like this big armor in there the architectural <laughs> is very go- it's like a, a space gothic right it's very cathedral-esque uh really big uh, open uh, spaces on, on, on a starship or on a streamlined um, uh, stuff that you may be used to with some modern sci-fi and stuff like that. So it has like this, there's an uh, anachronistic uh, quality or an aspect to it that I really, really like. And that the armors are actually brilliant. You, know, you got, you're using, <laughs> there are swords and bows and things like that. It's not just, you know, blaster <laughs> rifles and plasma grenades that you're using. That's cool. I like it. I appreciate that. Our artist, they killed it. Our character artist is actually a childhood friend of ours who always wanted to be a concept artist and was one of them that actually became a concept artist. He's working for uh, Once Lost Games, um, which is ran by a couple of the guys who were in charge of Elder Scrolls Two. Hmm. So he's hmm. He really killed it. I, I, I don't know what to say. I was so grateful for artists, honestly. It's just they, they didn't. That looks it. great. Marie, uh, are you a <laughs> – I know a lot, like like the episodes that I've listened to of a Blank Scenario are very fantasy-oriented. Are you mm-hmm. tried and true fantasy and, and, and avoid <laughs> the sci-fi angle, or where, where, do, where do you fit in all this? I am very much the um, – best of both worlds. I love a good sci-fi story as much as fantasy. Uh, my husband is not a fantasy buff, so anything non-fantasy we can get into, he goes for. So, like, we have the alien RPG that he's going mm. to run at some point. We use Monster of the Week a lot for our other podcasts that we do. And, of course, any, like, mad scientist role I can get into where I can just do nonsensical stuff that shouldn't work but does, <laughs> I mm. lean towards. So, like, the... Um, is it motherboard? Is that, am I saying the name, the system right? Yeah, mothership. Uh huh. Mothership. Sorry, that one. It's still a new system to me. I get the general concept, but hearing your descriptive description, Marco, is like okay. If I can figure out how to take a dungeon crawl, put it in space, and say steal something techy and sci-fi but medieval looking, I have players that I can do that with, and they will have way too much fun with it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely just. That your description of go and steal something that might or might not be bad. It's like immediately I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you've done, Marco? Uh, like, like some of this reminds me of uh, I see in chat people are saying 40, Warhammer 40k and things like that. Another thing that uh, I feel like there's elements of is the Destiny franchise, right? And that that hardcore blend of of at least fantasy language in a sci-fi universe. Um, is there anything regarding the mothership system, though, that you fantasy uh, for lack of a real word, um, 
or is it very much like no the 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 the, the, bow, the crossbows and the swords and all of that is very much of the traditional or one e mothership system, um, and we didn't make any exceptions for the fact that we were doing fantasy items. I'm trying to think. Um, I definitely don't dabble too much in rules. Mm-hmm. I try to be self-aware that it's not a strong point of mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> besides, like, maybe, you know, like, uh, some of, the, like, the tables that happen. So, uh, with one of the artifacts, the uh, Black Knight's effigy, it's, like, an actual effigy that you wear. And um, there's, like, an anger progression with it. Mm-hmm. And so I have like a table like that, but otherwise I try not to bend any rules. Um, my standpoint on it is, you know, the guys at TKG or if I'm playing Nave, Ben, they're making way better rules than I am. So I don't really need to change it. <laughs> um, so I don't think I bend it. I've been in anything too much of that. If anything, I, I think one thing that sets mothership apart is like the stress mechanic and um, they're, their rules for how weapons like crit are really interesting and very clear. And so that's what I try to do. So there's like a few, there's a few um, things that are true across the board in Knights of Lazarus. The first one is uh, like sonic weapons. Mm -hmm. So they use a lot of like giant sound cannons. Uh, And so I try to take like things that are like kind of real today but like amplify them. Mm-hmm. And so with the sound mechanics, it's like very debilitating. You know, if you hit, if you're hit with like a sound um, weapon, mm-hmm. it can like really like curdle your stomach and like really like mess you up. And so like you have like hearing loss and you have, you know, kind of loss of turns or um, disadvantage at body saves, things like that. And then the other thing that's true is um, there is a medicine Right now, it's fairly new. It's called transcranial magnetic um, TMS um, stimulation. And so it's used to treat depression. And Mm -hmm. basically, they use magnets to send signals to your prefrontal cortex to help with your mood control. And so that's what three of the four Xenotech artifacts are based off of. And so the idea is that um, there are are thousands of parallel thinking uh, (laughs) civilizations that just so happen to study and produce like medieval philosophies on their planets. And so they have all created these um, artifacts and some of them were more advanced at the time. Mm -hmm. So there's these technological artifacts that are, um, you know, like crowns or the effigies and they use um, TMS technology, but they weren't made for humans. So, (laughs) so although it's a very safe procedure and a very safe science now, if you're using something that was made for a different species, then, you know, you can have, like, increased stress or can do the opposite or the night effigy, for instance. Um, that's why there's an anger table is because it was in, like, it was created with a warring civilization. So, mm. it, you know, their their prince had a good ha- head on them, but in battle they wanted him to go berserk, and so they did that. And so if you wear it, similar things can happen. That's awesome. So. <laughs> that's- uh, something I noticed in it, too, in the, <laughs> the work in progress that you, pr- you put on uh, put online, I think it was mm-hmm. you said it was today. You just you posted this today, right? The <laughs> the eleven page preview, right? Twenty one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, yeah, twenty one. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that I noticed that was really interesting is uh, six, that it's what is it? Uh, players will most likely fail during their first expedition through the ship Canterbury. <laughs> Why? <laughs> 
Um, so it's it, that, no, no, no. That's there's nothing wrong with it. It's like right. it's fascinating. Like you've you're putting it right out there for the the person that's most likely running it that there is a high probability they're not going to make it through, through the first time. Are you expecting replayability to account for that, or is it like an OSR feel where look, death is you know death is a reality even in fantasy. A little bit of both. Um, Sorry, I feel like I keep going on like slight tangents. So, that's good. Tuna as a whole, what we're doing, what we're trying to do is make this um, something that has longevity. And by one of the ways we're doing that is creating a modular universe. And so, Knights of Lazarus is one book. um, And then a book that will be published with that is called Familiar Faces Volume 1, and it's six NPCs with necessary professions for the future. Um, They both have optional tie-ins, so if you buy Knights of Lazarus, you won't even know that it's tying into um, Familiar Faces. But if you Mm -hmm. have Familiar Faces, you'll realize some of the connections there. Um, Likewise, Familiar Faces is kind of like the glue of the modular universe, where um, a lot of these NPCs you know, they're making, well, there's a Xenotech restorator, you know, <laughs> there's a coin collector. Uh, so, it, you know, it ties directly in. And then there's also people who develop, like, these mobile suits. And so they, there's one guy that actually makes the mobile suits for the Knights of Lazarus. Um, <laughs> so there's these, like, tie-ins. And so um, the book can be used as a one-shot. You know, there's different rules for that. Um, it can also be used for, you know, within a campaign. And I think that's, it was developed for that sense. It's like, okay, so you either just started a campaign or you have one going. It's like, how does this tie in? And so you drop, you know, I think we're going to write 20 or like 26 different rumors for it. You can just like filter in different rumors. Cool. Uh, Another classic fantasy trope. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so the idea is that, you know, it's like really heavily guarded. And so you can get in and get around it, but, um, Really, to the OSR take, it's more intelligent to run away <laughs> than it is to engage in combat. And so the the dungeons are made, so there's like a plenty of ways to go. Um, you can also get around the autonoma, depending on how you understand where they are, because they all have stations where they're at, mm-hmm. which makes it more difficult. And then each, um, each uh, enemy is like specialized. So a lot of them are... Like, you have to have frag grenades or mm-hmm. some type of, like, explosive to be able to get through them because they ha- either have, like, a That's giant cool. mobile suit or it's this, like, steel cast um, autonomous. So you might go in at one point and kind of have your classic loadouts, and it's just not going to be enough. You might get past a few um, engagements, but in reality is like, you just don't have enough <laughs> grenades or something. So... Um, so that's kind of the that's the thought behind not surviving, but so definitely leaving a wake of bodies for the next group to come <laughs> come through. Is that is that what it sounds like? It, this sounds like the opening of Alien. Is what it sounds like. like the last poor schlubs that uh, that dealt with a xenomorph, they're the ones that that come in, and now it's their turn to get it. Right. I like uh, oh. I like the idea too that like it's really good dungeon design to make your encounters not just encounters but have elements of puzzle to them right Mm -hmm. um and so having a creature to where like it's an extremely difficult fight if you don't have x but if you have x that's the that's the puzzle piece to Mm -hmm. quote unquote 
getting around this as intended, right? Um, that that that's always nice. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it just not it's, it's good to have variety. It's good to it's good to shake things up, and it really gives that opportunity for players and, and characters who have specialized in particular things, right? Like if you have an explosives expert, he's gonna feel like a a badass person if he's you know got a bandolier of grenades and grenades are just the thing that's needed for this encounter right? it's a very dramatic moment too yeah. we need grenades who has grenades look down you've got the bandolier. <laughs> you know that that kind of that that dungeon design philosophy feels a little bit i don't know if it's like as an old school like a retro gamer it feels like mega man Right, Mega Man or like a like a Legend of Zelda, where the, just the right tool for the job, and maybe somewhere inside of the dungeon, somewhere you find the thing, and that's the thing that unlocks the next portion of the dungeon, or like a Metroid, like a Metroidvania. Right, this door is locked right. unless you can use super missiles or some kind of a plasma grenade or something like that. Too, I personally love that kind of design because it makes the dungeon like I don't mind hitting a brick wall when I get to a dungeon and being like, why am I here and what am I supposed to do next? Right. I like that. Uh, Marco, um, so is the idea with the dungeon crawl aspect of this that your players start off at the gate or are they going to be able to collect information beforehand? Because you mentioned there are several rumors that you're going to present with the book. And I can almost see, you know, presenting three rumors and my players going, okay, so it sounds like we need X, Y, and Z before we go in. Let's go shopping and then we'll take that with us. Or is the idea they're going in blind? Right. Um, so the space station itself, the ship Canterbury, that's the dungeon, um, it's kind of traveling. It's not really orbiting something. Uh, it's controlled. So, so I guess more more of a ship is just large enough to be a station. Um, so yeah, the idea is that you, you don't really start there. You also have to kind of figure out, you know, how you're actually going to make it there, where it is. And so that's kind of intertwined with the Knights of Lazarus are like front facing. Most people believe they're really good people and they like, help with you know all types of things they help with like disparate nations they help meet with mediation between countries um and then their they're like deep dark secrets or that they really care more about these you know tech artifacts and so they find out you have them they ask for them and if you don't give them to them they'll send in a squadron and just like decimate your entire <laughs> civilization because they're usually like, on the outskirts of wherever and they take your stuff but they don't leave survivors, so no one knows that they're these like buttholes, you know. So, so, so you yeah. might and you might start out in like a nation that's being helped, or even in like a space station where they're there mediating, or where they're maybe you might even be uh, during some like you know transport process that they're helping protect from like space pirates or things like that. There's like many ways to interact with the actual faction, mm -hmm. which is also why I would really like it to be. Um, at a lot of tables to be just a recurring thing where this faction's like really strong and you can learn about them. You, you, there's also rules to join them um, so you can start a campaign within the Knights of Lazarus and then find out the secrets from there. Things like that. Well, that's another thing that I noticed that you put, you have in, in the preview. It's like when it's discussing how to use the module, you go beyond here's just the story and here's how the, the story unfolds. You talk specifically about how to start the campaign and how to use it as either a one-shot or as an ongoing part of an ongoing campaign. Here's where you can plug it into an existing thing if you want to like make it modular. Don't worry about these two dovetails on either end of it. Just focus on this one thing. I like that. That's I think it's I think it's smart 
not necessarily from like a like a system design perspective, but just from a pre- presenting it the product to to the people that are going to run it and the players to know what they can get out of it and get more they can get more mileage out of it because they can run portions of this and then save other bits and pieces for other parts of the campaign if they want to run them later, right? Mm. Or, um, with some of the other products you're already putting out or some of the stuff that's at their table and uh, running things like uh, if they're running Mothership elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, but did you, who was that your idea? Who, who, uh, who came up with that golden nugget? Um, I mean, that's something that uh, main TKG uh, Mothership uh, modules all have. And mm. so, and, and it's really popular in the third party space as well. So I, I didn't come up with it. I just stole like an artist or, you know, whatever. <laughs> just like, you know, like I love this. Like, cause I usually am only able to play one shots. Um, you know, I don't, I don't get to play a lot uh, just cause I have some kids and I just move. But, uh, but if I do, I, it's usually like a one shot. And so, you know, I want those rules, but also, you know, ideally it's like, you know, they can be part of something bigger too. And you can sprinkle in with a bunch of one shots. You can hear these rumors and then end up with a one shot that ends up with the Knights of Lazarus in some way, just cause you know, a little bit of metagaming can go a little way. That's awesome. Uh, before we, uh, we're getting close to time here, Maureen, did you have any other questions uh, from Marco before we close out? Uh, do you have a, I think I said it on Twitter to know if on the launch, do you have a date yet? For that, or is it coming? <laughs> yeah, we're going to launch February 1st. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is absolutely one of those projects that, uh, like, I think this is the type of project that, that crowdfunding and Kickstarter are made for, and it's the type, exactly the type of project that I really like to back. Um, it's mm. really heartening to me uh, to hear, you know, that, that this is a passion project for you, that you're putting it out under your own label, uh, kind of, you know, working alongside uh, 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 your brother, and that you've got your 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 bud working on the concept, like the art for it, like all that's cool. Like I love that there's like a. We talked to you on Sunday, and I felt the same way then. Like there's a sense of camaraderie, and that that's 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 really fun. It doesn't feel like it was made in a bubble or made, um, you know, in in some cold office space somewhere. <laughs> um, it, it has heart, and you can feel that heart. And the art is awesome. The presentation is awesome. I really like this preview that you put together. Um, I'm really excited about backing it on the first. So, Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Uh, Finger is poised over the button. As we <laughs> Just give me a chance, man. Just put yes. me in, coach. That's right. You know, I, I'm, I, let, me, let me echo Zach's sentiment on that, too. And let me say this, too. The preview that you put out there, that uh, I think that that I hope that it it, uh, it shows the level of confidence that you have in your own work. It's like here's 21 pages. You will want the rest of the the pages that are not on here. That's I'm going to give you really really great stuff, but there's more to come. And you're uh, I think that speaks a lot to how you feel personally about the project. And I think that that's it's brave and it's and it's bold. And I, and I like it. So kudos to you. I'm glad that you, you had it out there. I'm glad that I was able to look at it because that just got me more excited about the project. So good on you. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's kind of in our ethos too. We have, we release like 16 free pages of content every month or so. The familiar faces, the first three NPCs are free on itch right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yucatan Techco, which is going to become Incorporated Volume 1. There's like four free retro sci-fi weapons, and you know, just kind of, you know, that's what I put at the top of the itch page. Is like, feel free to like just steal this into your home games for now. You know, like, 
if this is all you do, that's all you do. And we'll do community copies too, obviously. But um, yeah, I, you know, I want my stories to be shared. So one of the easiest ways to do that is have a free version. So mm -hmm. heck yeah. Well, thank you again, Marco. We're going to point everybody your direction. Uh, the follow page on Kickstarter is already live. I'd encourage you to do that. Um, and then go over to uh, spicytunarpg.itch.io <laughs> and check out all the cool stuff they've already got available there, including that preview. Um, thank you so much, Marco, and thanks, Marie. Thank, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.